Sixes Out is the metagame. Do you want to know what the metagame is? It is weaved into all things. Even now in that space between your ears where the sound of my voice bounces and reflects off of seemingly infinite glass nodes of thought and logic, the metagame flows. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work. It is the world that lies beneath. Without knowledge of the metagame, you are a slave. Like everyone else, you were born to believe that there is a barrier between the reality you are capable of perceiving and fiction. Knowledge of the metagame erodes that barrier. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the metagame is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You roll the blue die, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to. You roll the red die. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. Nothing more. Welcome to Sixes Out Entertainment. Last time on Descent into Avernus, while exploring the city of Candlekeep, our heroes discovered the Tower of Exaltation. Within the tower, they met an artificer who had dedicated herself to designing and perfecting a mechanized Justicar that could one day help the city keep the peace. However, the one-of-a-kind Warforged who went by the name of Keep Defender MK12 was untested in the field, and our heroes agreed to take it out for a spin to see if it could survive a foray into the wood of sharp teeth. After the fruitful exploration of the Tower of Exaltation, the party returned to their bunkhouse for a much-needed rest. The next morning, their acquaintance, Falister Fisk, had agreed to set up a meeting with the sage, Silvira Savikas. In the meeting, our heroes discovered that there was a lot more to the devil problem than they realized. They learned from Silvira that there is a chance to save the city of El Terrell, but that would involve them venturing into the depths of the Nine Hells. They also discovered that Cordon's shield actually serves as a prison for a powerful pit fiend by the name of Gargoth. Attempting to corrupt our heroes, Gargoth almost convinced Hannah to attack her allies with the shield in pursuit of power. Thankfully, Hannah proved herself to be wiser than most. Silvira took custody of the shield, promising to lock it away in a pocket dimension where it can never corrupt again. Finally, our heroes agreed to take on the challenge of the Nine Hells and attempt to save El Terrell, but first, they had to see a priest about finding a pair of lost paladins of Torm. Alright, Falister takes you guys out of the main keep. Um, you guys are now, it's, it's now about late morning at this point. Um, you guys are outside of the main keep, the great library, and essentially the heart of Candle Keep. What would you guys like to do? Oh, we could, uh, we could go back to the, uh, tower and, and go get that, uh, construct. Yeah. That's the construct yeah. out. But our robot friend, and see if we can rescue some thousands. Okay, uh, uh, as you guys leave the main keep, Ballister, uh gives you a nod and says, uh, Thanks again, friends. You've all done a great job here. I'm headed back to Baldur's Gate. Got to do some spying. You know how it goes. Uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully I'll see you all soon and well. Uh, and then Ballister leaves you and he, he begins heading uh, towards the court of air. As you guys make your way towards the uh, uh, Tower of Exaltation, you come to the main entrance and you see a, a different set of guards now. Looks like a different different watch ship. And uh, uh, this time, being daylight hours, they just sort of give you a nod. The door is open. And uh, you, you guys walk through into the main library area. Uh, I gather 
Uh, what, what is it you guys want to do specifically with an exaltation? We'll go pick up the construct. I'll go up to the level four with the, the muggy uh, forest and say, uh, if you're Jump willing on. to loan us, we can head out today. All right, as you guys there's some guards who need our help anyway, so that that should be right along with their. Maybe not mention anything about the. Is it the five hells or the nine hells? Nine. Nine hells. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna leave that part out. This is just for rescuing local paladins. This is not uh, not taking this to the nine hills yet. But maybe we can bring that to. Well, later. we'll see. We'll see how yeah. it works out. And yeah. Then if he, right. he, you know. I agree. As you guys make your way up the spiraling staircase up the Tower of Exaltation, you come to the the jungle landing and cross through the passageway. Uh, make your way through the thick, dense jungle in this room and coming out over to where Aromir, uh, who has her little workshop in the corner there. Uh, and, you, and you can see um, her and actually Oliver is sort of climbing through various machines, his tiny body perfectly suited to, to get into the spaces her, her she can't. And, and uh, you see his head poke out of a little clockwork uh, mechanism, and, and he looks at you. Oh, hello, friends. How was your night? It was fruitful. We we got Corden uh, Shield banished into another plane, which is probably for the best. Yeah, definitely. Oh, weird. <laughs> I've been working on these machines. My goodness, it's clockwork is fascinating. I, I love this. And he has these little tiny tools in his hands as he uh, begins tinkering, and, and his head ducks back down into the machinery. Uh, Aralmir sees you and says, Oh, hello, welcome back, welcome. Um, yes, yes, of course. Uh, are you ready for MK12? Yeah, we're, we're ready to take MK12, and I'd also like to propose something else. And it, If you could build, like, Oliver a mechanical construct that he could, like, ride inside but control... We'll call it a mech, right? Because it's a mechanical construct. But yeah, do you think do you think uh, you you clockwork genius could like build that while we're? Uh... Is this something to maybe try? Yeah, Oliver, would you like to drive a giant construct? <laughs> that would be interesting to see. Oliver sort of pops his head back out of the machinery and says, "I love this." Um. Yes, my, my tiny swords are great at cutting heels and, 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 and throats and things, but it would be absolutely wonderful to be able to be uh, uh, something of your size. That sounds fantastic. Um, uh, Aramir, is this possible? And, and Aramir sort of turns to Oliver and, and says, well, we're, we're very busy with the MK12 project right now, and I, I lack the funds. Um, if this is something that you could pitch to perhaps the avowed of Candlekeep, uh, and, and perhaps pitch it as a way to defend the city, technology to defend the city, maybe they would fund this project. But um, that's, that's a good idea. I never thought about putting a person inside of a thing. I always thought just to give the thing sentience. Interesting. This could be a good, a good opportunity. I would recommend you bring it up to the, uh, the avowed at Candlekeep. Okay. Great. Makes sense we'll because because now we don't have to worry about sentience and if Oliver is driving it then you know it, it just works itself out, you know. He he's not an evil person. He never It's like manual instead of automatic. 
uh, Aeromir says, well, um, if, if you're ready to take, it, take NK-12, I, I did some uh, enhancements on his sensors last night and realigned some of the crystals within his mind. I, I, think, I think he's ready. Um, what I'd like for you to pay attention to is his ability to, to survive violent conflict and his ability to make moral decisions in the face of, of um, uh, well, difficult situations. We don't want him. One of his roles, if this project succeeds, will be to uphold the law. Can he justly uphold it? Is the question we need to find out. Um, and his survivability in dangerous situations. Uh, if you can give me a detailed report upon returning him to me, um, I will gladly pay you all uh, 250 gold pieces. Errol Mirror sort of turns to, to MK12, who seems to be docked in his. Uh, essentially his charging station and uh, she begins to uh, open a slate on his on his uh, metallic skull and, and fiddle with the crystals inside and his eyes light up and she replaces the plate and Errol uh, 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 Mir uh, says to MK12 MK12 um, this is Corden Kabul and Hannah uh, they will be serving as your superior officers on this mission um Feel free to follow the- please follow their orders, but if deadly force is authorized, feel free to use it at your own discretion. Uh, MK-12 just says, affirmative, and, uh, walks off of his, uh, dock that he sort of sits on, and, uh, goes over to a table, and, and Aramir says, uh, gather your, uh, equipment, and, uh, prepare yourself. Um, good luck. I- I hope you make us all proud here, and- uh, MK-12 approaches the table and grabs a shield and a mace and various other pieces of equipment and uh, prepares to um, go with you guys. Uh, he, MK-12 has joined the party. Uh, Oliver remains tinkering. Uh, what do you guys want to do? suppose we could um, go back to... Did the order give us the location of where they're missing? I think the... I think we were supposed to go back and talk to the priest guy before we left. Yeah, we could do that. We'll, yeah, we'll go talk to the priest and say we're ready for a rescue mission, and then we'll make sure he stays outside, I guess, in the city. Hopefully everybody... It might be weird walking around with that construct. We just gotta keep it at bay. This is true. Uh, you can see that um, the uh, MK-12... Puts a cloak over himself and has the hood up over his head, and so it, it appears as if he is a, a very large human. Oh. And, and so he, he sort of goes a little incognito that way. And Aramir says, Oh, look at that. Well done, MK12. Nice logic. Hide your your identity to keep people wondering. Well done. He might be a good undercover undercover unit. Hmm. She begins thinking and scribbling on a piece of parchment on her on her uh, table. Um, MK-12 says, Sir, waiting for orders. MK-12, follow us. We're gonna go. And he does so. You all make your way through the uh, jungle foliage, back out into the stairwell, down to the main entrance of the uh, Tower of Exaltation, and out into the streets of Candlekeep. Uh, what are you guys doing? Well, let's go get the, the details. Figuring out where these these paladins went off to, see if they got themselves in trouble. 
All right, uh, you make your way towards the southern wall of Candlekeep and enter a small and simple stone structure where it appears small, uh, small religious ceremonies are held. Several rows of pews sit in front of a slightly elevated platform where a simple wood table sits. The table holds a few dozen burning white candles surrounding a golden relic of a hammer. The gold reflects the light off the candles uh, that surrounds it, giving it the impression that it's glowing brilliantly. As you enter the building, Selenway, the half-elf, stands at the table with his eyes closed, deep in prayer. Then suddenly, they open, and he greets you with a warm smile. Corden, Corden, I'm glad you're back so soon. Ah, I worry Diamond Finder and Gamma may be in serious trouble. They left the city for the Wood of Sharp Teeth to the northeast four days ago. I have not received a word from them since they left. It is not like them to be gone so long without sending a word back to me on their progress. Yeah, we'd like to uh, like to help you and see if we can find them. Always happy to help a fellow paladin. That's very good. That's very good, Corden. Um, and and also, this is a great opportunity for you if you help us out and and, and everything goes smoothly. I'm, I'm I'm happy to put in a good word for you to the to the order. And maybe we can elevate your status a little bit here. Okay. Seems like a win-win. The Goldtooth clan of dwarves that live in the Wood of Sharp Teeth have increased their criminal activity along the coastway, and the Avowed had asked, have asked us to investigate and handle the problem if possible. Normally, a few bandits would be no problem for a pair of Goliath paladin protectors of Torm, which is what concerns me. Uh, uh, Diamond Finder and Gamma should have been back by now. Uh, if you and your friends are willing to venture into the woods and, and meet up with Diamond Finder and Gamma and assist them in any ways possible, then I will ensure your standing within the Order will greatly improve, Gordon. And of course, you and your friends will be compensated for your time. Okay. You got up for that? Sure yeah. am. Alright. Well, let's do this thing. Go for Go on to rescue me. Hopefully, we're not too late. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. Best case scenario. Uh, taking a little, a little much-needed vacation or something. Okay, so it looks like you guys are at Candlekeep. Your understanding of the distance, it would probably be a day's ride until you get to that wood. And then, um, you know, inside it's it's probably... It's a pretty large forest. And from what Selenway has told you, he, he's not entirely sure where they went specifically. Usually on these crusades, it's um, they go in, they, they they root out the whatever wherever they decided to camp out, and then they they take care of the bandits, and they usually can't get them all there. It's you know it's kind of like guerrilla war fighting in there a little bit, but but they deal with the problem and, and they return. So he's not entirely sure where they are within that wood. Alrighty, you guys want to do any shopping or anything? Figure out how we're getting over there. Horses or yeah, we could take some of the horses from. Oh, I guess we have one horse from uh, from our carriage lift because the other oh, one. Oh, we have two. No, remember one of them ran off. I thought, mm -hmm. right? Didn't we pick up one of the other people's horse? Oh, there still. If you recall, uh, your good friend, your good friend Finric, uh, the rogue, made off mm -hmm. with one of the horses. Yeah. On your way down south, yeah. down the coastway. Okay. One we could rent. Two or how many horses do we need? Three. I guess our wagon was heavily damaged. Maybe. Do we need a what? 
I guess we could take a construct run. Like, indefinitely. I guess we'll find out. NK-12 turns to you and says, My endurance is limitless, as long as the, my machinery holds together. However, my top speed could not match a horse. Um, my material is, is quite heavy, although quite durable. Assuming he just walked the entire way, so if we take our wagon with the one horse and the three of us, would that be okay for travel? For at least one day. Uh, with the wagon, because um, you're, you're sort of venturing off the main trail, you're going right. to sort of... Okay, so... Kept, it would take more than a day. Gotcha. To do it, but... Uh, we, we, we just need regular horses, so we just need to rent two more horses. Just have to unhinge the one horse from our wagon and then get two more. How much would two horses be at the stable? As you guys make your way uh, over to... Hopefully, you guys are looking at Candlekeep now, right? Mm -hmm. So as you guys make yeah. your way over to the Court of Air, um, you can see that this building here is the stable. You, you enter the stable, and actually, I think I have a, a window for it that you guys can look at. Oh, you guys should have it in your in your uh, journals already. The stables. Mm -hmm. uh, you enter there the stable, um, and, and it looks like they favor workhorses and mules as their chosen beasts of burden. Um, the, the the fast Chimera Trading Company houses many of their horses and carts here, and uh, that's predominantly what most of the space is for. But as you enter, you see a. Um, an old man sort of tending to the horses with long straight auburn hair and blue eyes and a rough pockmarked white skin uh, average height and sort of uh, an ugly repulsive face uh, he says oh yes hello hello here for a horse are you in fact we're looking for two horses Oh, two horses. All right. Well, just so you know, a uh, straight price for everyone. Fair is fair. 75 gold pieces per horse. 75 gold pieces. <laughs> and 30 pieces for a mule. Um, I'll ride the mule. Okay, uh, one horse and a mule, I guess? Sure. Now, yeah. keep in mind, I do in stock. Right now, just got this sweet little baby in. I have a war horse. 400 gold pieces. The fastest in this stable. Yeah. yeah we're doing pretty well financially. I don't know. Really you want to war horse it, you can war horse it, but... Does it, what are they, what are they like, besides being fast, what can this war horse do? Uh, well, it, it does, it's not frightened at the smell of blood, and uh, it's not afraid to die. That's what war horses do, essentially. <laughs> I mean, you ride it into violent conflict, and uh, uh, it, it'll be trusty. And it, it will it will ride towards the threat. It will not be frightened or scared off. And uh, uh, it, it is, it is uh, very well trained when it comes to uh, essentially making attacks from the back of this horse. If you try to do that on the back of a mule, <laughs> you're going to get bucked up. <laughs> plain and simple, or even one of our workhorses. Um, I don't know. Is this just to is this to buy or to rent? Oh, this is to purchase. We don't rent animals here. That's <laughs> ridiculous. There's no money in that. Okay, one hundred gold, huh? Hey, if you guys want to do it, I'm gonna say no because we already have one horse tied to our wagon. If we get one more, then we if we get one more horse. Then we can double up our wagons when we eventually leave for longer travels, and then we'll have a mule for whatever that purpose so, is. 
Okay. I, I like mules. I don't know what it is, but I just I, I've always liked mules. I'm gonna get a mule. Sure, sure. That'll be thirty gold pieces, please. And we'll uh, mm-hmm. I'll have my stable hand bring the mule out front for you. There we are. All right. So right now you guys have uh, one workhorse, one mule. Um, are you guys gonna get anything else, or are there any saddles like? to the workhorses, or do they come with the workhorses? Yes, yeah, so when we, we sell the animal, the, the saddle's included in the price. Got it, comes two, with two the animal. Alright, so I gave him the 75 gold, and our other horse is still stabled, so I guess we can unstable our other... That's right, you do have a horse here. Uh, we'll bring the horse, uh, two horses and a mule out for you. My, uh, so when we leave and come back... Uh, the rule is we still have to have a book on us to re-enter, correct? Uh, no. Uh, you guys have, were issued essentially a license. Oh, the set, like, oh, okay, it was like a seven day. You have a ten day license, essentially, to be in the city. This is the second day of your ten day. Got it. Alright, that's, that's good. Um, and before that, I guess I'll buy, like, a couple of days rations, just in case. Um, where were they? It's not the stables here, but I know it's, like, in... This the area around. What does my mule look like? Uh, mule is a uh, uh, actually kind of old graying. It's got uh, it appears to have like a little mule goatee, but but it looks to be sturdy and, and responsive, uh, well trained. Um, okay. A, a little riding saddle. Gray with more gray because in like graying from being old. Okay. All right. Cool. I got it. I'll think of a name while we're seeing. Uh, okay. Alright, I got it. Handsome. That's what we're gonna call him. Hanson? Handsome. Handsome. He's handsome the mule. <laughs> okay. Handsome the mule. Yeah, you got it. So actually in the court of air there is the hearth, the um, the tavern, which you could buy you could buy rations from. The hearth and before I leave I'll get the uh, I'll pay for a vegetable soon uh, and uh, a couple mm, let's uh, let's see. I'll purchase the boiled eggs and beetroot and a tankard of cider, so we can use that for a couple of days. A couple of boiled eggs. Yeah, sure. Um, go ahead. It's ten uh, copper. Yep. Reduce reduce that gold from your inventory, and then, uh, yep, you have those on your person. Is there anything else you guys want to do before you you leave Candlekeep? Buy handsome some carrots. There you go. Oh, and they actually sell uh, uh, feed and, and things like that for for your animals at the stables. Um, so you buy handsome some carrots. Uh, yeah, just one copper piece for a bushel. Alrighty. And he hands you a fistful of carrots. Alright, so you guys are done? Yep, I got a couple of these food. Got some cider for the evening. Now let's go rescue some paladins. Alright, as you guys make your way out of the main gates of Candlekeep, uh, the avowed monks uh, standing watch at the door give you a wave and a nod as you're leaving. And uh, uh, you guys uh, make your way down the, uh, it's called the Way of the Lion, the road that sort of uh, branches off from the coastway. And so you guys follow the Way of the Lion back to the coastway. And from the coastway, you guys venture east off the main road. Um, and uh, just to be clear, you guys are on individual mounts, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it looks like MK12 
does not have a mount. He's just going to walk alongside you guys, it sounds like. I think he's too heavy for a horse, right? He's a construct. Yeah, yeah, he's like 370 pounds. Yeah, I, I wasn't buying him a horse. So. <laughs> and and nobody's buying him a horse. So uh, MK12 uh, uh, walks alongside you guys, um, and then if, if you end up picking up the pace, he can run along, alongside you. Uh, uh, you guys make your way east off the off the coastway towards the wood of sharp teeth and and you guys travel um, unhindered for for the majority of the the rest of the day and, and you guys eventually make your way to the tree line uh, by by nightfall uh, you, you begin to see the trees of the of the, the wood of sharp teeth and it, and it appears to be a rather large forest actually um, uh, the, the sun is beginning to set and uh, you guys uh, make your way to the edge of the forest what do you want to do? Well, we could continue the well let's see we've been up since all since the morning so if we do this at night we could risk exhaustion or we rest here and do it in the morning what do you guys think all right so you guys want to rest for the night yeah i think we should rest for the night since we don't really we kind of know where we're going but not really you know what i mean like you just we got the forest. Like yeah, we could set up camp. Watches. Yeah, a couple watches and make sure nothing comes out before we go in. Um, sure. You guys make a uh, what you believe to be a suitable spot to make camp at the edge of this forest uh, before actually entering it uh, as the sun begins to set. And um, it's going to be for an eight-hour watch. There's um, – oh, actually. <laughs> so uh, MK12 sort of chimes in and says, I do not require sleep. I will need to power down, but I can remain alert and aware. Watches won't be necessary when you're traveling with me. Fantastic. Very good. Good night's sleep. So you guys make your camp, get ready to sleep for the evening, and, and uh, MK12 just sort of uh, sits, and you can hear like the, the, the tiny little, like maybe like the white noise whirring kind of uh, clockwork sounds that sort of faintly emanate from him sort of cease, but, but his eyes remain active. And uh, he just sits totally still, listening and watching. Uh, you, you guys sleep through the evening uh, undisturbed, and as you begin to, to wake and, 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 and emerge from your sleep, MK12 uh, uh, stands up and, and, and turns to all of you. Um, good morning, sir. Awaiting orders. Good robot. Yep, let's uh, continue into the, the forest of sharp teeth. We're going to be looking for some paladins, so keep your eyes peeled. MK12. And it says affirmative, and uh, uh, it, it takes its mace and shield and draws it. And uh, uh, as you guys approach uh, the, the wood of sharp teeth and begin to enter it, um, uh, you guys, how do you guys want to go about trying to figure out um, where these guys are? The priest. Uh, what kind of enemies did the priest mention? Um, what, what was the original crusade of these paladins that the priest mentioned? What were they looking for? Selenway mentioned that, that these paladins were going on a crusade against the Goldtooth gang, uh, mm. a, a dwarven gang. Uh, that's all he really mentioned to you guys about them, uh, just, you know, scratching the surface. Um, this is, you, you get the sense that this is a, a common occurrence. It, it, it's difficult for two paladins to, paladins to mm -hmm. enter the forest and totally wipe out a criminal gang. Um, especially with so many places to hide. But they will go in, try and find a portion of them just to keep them in check, keep them scared, keep them away from Candlekeep. Um, but uh, uh, 
Yeah, so the, the Gold Tooth Gang, this, this dwarven gang of criminals uh, that, that resides in, in the, the Wood of Shark Teeth. I guess I will be looking for dwarven footprints then. Word. Okay, go ahead and make a a survival check as you um, as you look for footprints of dwarves. Okay, you spend an hour of looking. Um, it, it's first light in the morning, it's early morning. You spend an hour looking, you don't really find anything. If you want to make another check, you can keep looking. This is one of those things where uh, the more checks you make, uh, the more time is going to pass. So oh, I see. I see. We're, we're seeing how much time does it take you to pick up the trail, basically. Okay. Alright, I'll, I'll make one more. Let's try to check for the, the dwarf feet. And there you go. Within the second hour of looking, uh, you do you pick up uh, some tracks, and it, it appears to be uh, the footprints of... of uh, judging by the depth of it, uh, MK12 looks along with you and says, yes, these are heavily armored footprints of someone who has been heavily armored. And it looks like they're heading northeast. Like the Paladins would have been heavily armored, right? Yeah, it could be them or it could be the dwar the well the Dwarven gang could have heavy armor on too, so we have a somewhat of a trail that's it's full of this and see if we can't be very find. sneaky with heavy armor though, so I'm gonna guess that they don't have it. But maybe, I could be wrong. We'll see. I mean, I don't have much success being sneaky with heavy armor, so Right. We just can't identify whose armor it is. So Right, right. Yeah, it's just That's a path. True. I'm gonna follow this path, and maybe it'll give us a lead to something. All right. As you follow the the tracks uh, winding through this uh, this forest, um, uh, you come upon a, a clearing. Uh, uh, the the tracks end at the tracks end at a clearing, which leads to a game trail. Uh, um, that, that sort of travels north to south, respectively. Um, as you follow this game trail, uh, you hear rustling in the bushes up ahead. Um, and uh, as you guys make your way down this game trail, um, it appears that you guys all notice someone's trying to ambush you. You all see it, and uh, uh, you all prepare accordingly. Oh. Okay, you guys make your way down this game trail, and it looks like uh, there's an attempt... Of, of an ambush that that uh, <laughs> was not sneaky enough for you guys to to be fooled by, and you prepare yourselves. We'll have everyone roll for initiative. As um, mm -hmm. to it looks like two oh it looks like an orc and a dwarf in the center of the game trail here. It appears to be two wolves with a, a coat that is speckled with a greenish pattern uh, that, that easily easy to camouflage within this forested area, and, and then uh, actually a horse. Uh, that, that looks, and, and they all move with this sort of precise, almost um, uh, uh, devoid of passion, if you will. They all just move and, and draw their weapons without saying a word and prepare to attack you. Up first in the order of initiative is Tana. Uh, oddly enough, this warhorse emerges from the, the bushes and it, it looks at you with this sort of vacant gaze and, and bears its square horse-like teeth at you. Two wolves emerge from the other side of the trail, bearing their fangs, growling in, in your direction, and a dwarf and an orc both look at you, weapons drawn, all uh, dispassionately moving towards you, ready to attack. What do you want to do, Hannah? Um, 
Can I hold my action until after until after the construct goes? Am I allowed to do that until, until one of my allies? You hold, hold your action, yes. I'm going to hold my action until the construct goes, and then once the construct... I'm going to tell the construct to attack. I'm going to tell the construct to attack the wolves and hold my action until it does. Okay. Uh, uh, the construct says to you, Hannah, affirmative, sir, moving forward. And um, he's preparing you. Yeah, I'll do my turn. Okay, uh, Corden, you're up first. What do you want to do? Um. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with this horse. I'm just feeling the horse isn't all that in control of its actions. So, all right. So I'm gonna go ahead and move up 25 feet. Uh, should be able to throw a javelin at the orc. No. That's gonna hit. Go to roll for damage. All right, you throw your javelin as you run forward, and it strikes the the berserker in the arm, grazing his shoulder before the javelin clatters into the grass behind him, and he and he cries out in rage, uh, uh, preparing to to meet your attack. And you do seven points of damage against him. All right. All right, up next is going to be the Berserker. As he's struck by your javelin, he charges forward towards you. Um, and he is going to pull out his great axe. And he's going to attack at you recklessly. Um, and you know what? I made a mistake in that description. I, I forgot. So he, he doesn't cry out in rage. Um, I forgot. They're, they're all acting dispassionately. So mm. he's a Berserker, but he's not really Berserking, is he? Uh, uh, he just mechanic, almost mechanically, like MK12 would move in a strange way, uh, uh, swings his great axe at you. That's going to be 19 to hit. Does that hit? Uh, tie goes to the attacker. Okay, then that hits. Uh, you can go ahead and roll for damage. All right. And that's going to be 13 points of damage as his great axe swings down and hits you in the chest, sort of denting in your, your plate armor there. Okay. That's going to be the end of his turn. Uh, up next is the <laughs> the horse uh, emerges and charges forward. Perfect. Okay, so the horse will charge in the direction of Kabul uh, using its trampling charge. If the horse moves at least 20 feet straight forward at a creature and then hits it with its hooves attack, uh, it the target must succeed a strength saving throw or be knocked prone. So it charges forward towards you approximately 30 feet. And it rears up on its hind legs and, and sort of strikes out at you with its hooves. And it rolled a natural one. Uh, uh, Kabul, uh, <laughs> using your, your martial arts, you sort of bat away the hooves as if someone were punching you. And it, it does no damage. Um, that's going to be the horse's turn. Uh, up next will be... The wolves rush forward uh, towards Hannah. One doesn't quite make it. Uh, however, one does make it over to Hannah and uh, uh, lashes out at her, trying to bite her. Because they're wolves, they have a thing called pack tactics, uh, and they're able to attack with advantage when they have an ally adjacent to them. All right, uh, that's going to be 22 to hit. Yeah, I'll hit. And that's going to be nine points of damage as the wolf bites into your arm and sort of does that head shake move that uh, dogs do when they get a hold of something and, and tries <laughs> to rip your arm off, essentially. Um, that's going to be it for the wolf's turn. And finally, the Eye of Grinch will, will now move forward 
uh, the orc, rather. Actually, the orc isn't going to move at all. Um, it's going it, to use its action. It, it reaches his hand out in the direction of the, the dwarf and casts guidance on him, which will uh, be, allow it to add a d4 um, to ability checks. It can roll. Okay, I thought it was attack rolls. No, it's ability checks. Oh well, they cast guidance on the on the uh, dwarf berserker over there, and then finally its bonus action. Uh, it it casts uh, spiritual weapon. Uh, and, and you see in the air uh, the the spectral energy of of a taking the shape of a sword sort of emerges and and, and appears right next to the eye of Grinch, uh, 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 ready to attack on the next turn. Up next is Kabul. Kabul, what do you want to do? Um, I'm gonna have to go ahead and start uh, getting on this horse and uh, taking him down. I'm just reading over something really fast. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and hit it with an unarmed strike. Alright, yeah, you, you punch a horse in the face, go ahead for damage. <laughs> and then after that, I believe because I use the fist, I get an extra bonus. I think it's in martial arts. Uh, with an unarmed strike, remarkable. Yeah, and then my bonus strike will be one more unarmed strike. Okay, that's going to hit as well. Good roll for damage. Okay, you do 15 damage against this horse as you punch it in the face twice. Its head gets knocked over, and it actually, uh, 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 actually from its mouth, blood uh, begins to drip, and uh, it looks like it's pretty badly hurt just from these two blows that you issued to it. Dumb horse, get out! It does the uh, does the horse look corrupted, or is it more of like an arcane spell on some of these well, animals? Since you use your action to attack, oh right, you could next turn maybe figure that out. Okay. All right, is that going to be your turn, Cobble? <laughs> yeah. That's... Okay. Uh, yes. Now, NK12 begins to move forward. He drops his cloak. The the um, uh, these guys are called actually Warforged is the race that these guys are uh, in game. However, we can call him Construct if you want. Um, but, but this guy moves forward and uh, prepares to uh, engage. MK-12 says, target acquired, and approaches the warhorse. And uh, <laughs> MK-12 pulls out his, uh, uh, his warhammer, wielding it with one hand along with his shield, and strikes the warhorse in the center of the back, and it crumples to the ground, dead. Uh, uh, MK-12 then turns uh, mechanically to the next target, preparing to attack on the next round. I have a held action. That's right, you did. So, what is your held action? What do you want to do? I was gonna was holding it for the wolves. So the one that just bit me, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna slash it. It's, okay. Well, actually, and, uh, uh, yep. Go ahead and make an attack. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that that misses. Uh, I believe you're dual wielding, though, right? I am dual wielding. That's correct. And the second attack misses as well as the wolf dodges left, right uh, from your blade, striking out at it. Okay, good news, Hannah, though. You're at the top of the uh, uh, initiative order, so you get to go again. Uh, what do you want to do? I'm going to do a defensive flourish, which uh, I expend one bardic inspiration, but it will cause my weapon to deal, deal extra damage to my target, and the extra damage I deal will also uh, go to my AC to the start of my next turn. So that's gonna hit good roll for damage. It'll be three plus the six, so it'll be nine. Nine points of damage against the wolf here. That is correct. Alright, you strike out and it gives a yelp 
uh, as you hit it. But again, these wolves are acting strangely, uh, uh, almost almost dispassionately. Again, moving in a, in a not very animalistic way, but rather a very methodical, deliberate way that, you know, at least animals don't really... seems very strange that they're behaving in this manner. Okay, then that'll be my turn. Up next is Corden. Corden, what do you want to do? Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, try to knock this orc down with my shield. Uh, go ahead and make a strength check. Okie doke. There we go. There we go, and as you uh, uh, bash your shield against this dwarf, uh, it's just it's just not quite the same as the other shields you've had. It just seems like uh, maybe there's a little extra oomph to the uh, shield of Gargoth. Adjusting now back to your regular vanilla shield, it, it, it just, he doesn't go down, he stays standing. I guess I'll try to do like an investigation. So that'd be kind of check. Well, tell me specifically what it is you're trying to observe. Uh, try to see if like there's you know, anything weird attached to them that would indicate that maybe they're, you know, not in their normal cells or just anything unusual appearance. Okay, uh, go ahead and make a, a perception check. Okay. Oh. You know, it's in, in the heat of combat. It's difficult to tell. Uh, right now, it just looks like a dwarf is attacking dispassionately. Alrighty. Well, then that's all I can do. All right, that's going to be it for Corden. Uh, up next, uh, the berserker attempting uh, to be shoved is going to go ahead and make an attack back at you, Corden. Uh, and that's going to be a critical. And that's going to be 17 points of damage as he savagely strikes down at you with his great axe. Uh, uh, this way, uh, this time attacking from the opposite angle, which you were not expecting, and striking into your shoulder. Cool. You're on half health. All right, up next are the wolves. Uh, the one uh, right next to you, Hannah, is going to go ahead and, and, and try and bite you again. Okay. And uh, that attack misses as you easily dodge. Uh, uh, you can you can hear the um, uh, the fangs of the wolf sort of uh, that hollow little clicking sound as the as the teeth sort of snap together. Uh, however, the second wolf will uh, move forward and attempt to engage with uh, MK12, the wolf forged. And this wolf goes ahead and opens its jaws and its mouth wide, and from its mouth, uh, a cloud of, of greenish, sickly-looking fog envelops MK, MK12. Uh, it exhales a blast of, of putrid air from its mouth. Actually, this is in a 15-foot cone. Okay, it's not just a single target. So each creature, so it looks like Kabul and MK12 are going to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh. Uh, actually, Hannah, you're good. You're out of the you're out of the cone. So it's only Kabul and MK12. MK12 makes the save and uh, uh, takes half damage. However, I do not. That's going to be 26 points of poison damage against Ouch. you. And uh, uh, one 13. And actually, uh, the Warforged MK12 seems uh, actually pretty unaffected by this um, and takes no damage at all. Poison doesn't seem to affect it. Um, However, Cobble, you are severely, uh, severely wounded by this attack. Wait, hold on a second. I have the yes. bracers of poison resistance. Oh, yeah, that 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 should have that, right? Yes, I forgot about that. So have it. So twenty-eight. Uh, so fourteen. Fourteen points of poison. Right. <laughs> poison. I'm like, hold on. Yep. All right, that's going to be the wolves' turn. Up next is uh, the Eye of Grinch uh, sends out its its spiritual weapon in the direction of Corden. 
and this ethereal energy weapon, uh, this weapon made of energy, sort of strikes out against you. Well, I'll see if my terrible rolling continues. That's going to be 20 to hit. <sighs> yeah, that is. That'll be 10 points of damage as the, uh, spir- uh, the yeah, spiritual weapon strikes you from the side. Alright, Cobble, you're up next. What do you want to do? Alright, I just realized since we're level 5, I had an extra attack, so I could have attacked three times. But I'm going to go up and help Corden uh, up here since this horse is gone. Uh, I'm going to move up to him. that 40 feet of movement, and I'm going to do two unarmed strikes and then use a bonus third uh the third strike should be uh my bonus two of those attacks hit go ahead and roll for damage on two of them all right 16 points of damage as you strike out with your uh, uh with a punch and a sidekick uh against this dwarf um uh doing a good amount of damage on him with your unarmed strikes all right up next is going to be mk12 it turns to the uh, bog wolf that that spit poison at it and it's going to go ahead and attack the creature uh, with its Warhammer. And actually, uh, MK rolled a critical, doing 15 points of damage against this thing as he strikes it with his Warhammer. All right, that's going to be his turn. Up next will be uh, Hannah. Hannah, what do you want to do? I'm going to go back after this wolf that, that uh, I've been fighting. All right, that scimitar hits. Go ahead and roll for damage on that. There it goes. You do uh, three slashing damage on the on the wolf as you strike it with your scimitar. All right, that's my turn. All right, Corden, you're up next. What do you want to do? Hmm. Well, I better lay on hands myself. Off low, so take my action. I'll stick with like ten for now is probably fine. And then I'm going to. I'll try and shield bash this dwarf. Go ahead and uh, make a make a strength test. Some point I gotta stop getting pummeled with team freaking class. Oh, <laughs> it's just that's like the fifth one I think you've rolled. <laughs> Worst rolling I've ever had. It's, it's just not your night. This is not. This, this is a formidable, sturdy dwarf. This guy knows what he's doing when it when it comes to staying on his feet, and your shield just kind of hits against like it's hitting against a brick wall. He remains standing. Well, that's all I can do. Alright, up next is going to be the uh, the dwarf. Uh, the dwarf will go ahead and, in response, attack back at Corden. That's going to be 22 to hit. Yeah, you know what it is. That's going to be 5 points of damage as his great axe strikes at you again, attacking uh, uh, relentlessly, but also just passionately and devoid of emotion. Okay, the wolves turn to react. Uh, this one, looking at Hannah, opens its mouth wide, and uh, from its mouth, a, claw, a cloud of poison sort of erupts and envelops you, Hannah. Go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw. Oh. Very nice. You do make the dex save, so that's going to be 19 damage halved, so that'll be 8 points of damage as the poison envelops you, you you're gasping, gasping and coughing from the attack of this bog wolf. Alright. All right, up next is going to be the Eye of Groomsh. Uh, it reaches out a hand in the direction of Kabul and uh, uh, casts command at him. Kabul, go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw. Failing all the saves today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and in common, the orc says, flee. And so you are compelled uncontrollably to run as far away from this orc as possible immediately. So move 30 feet uh, in, in any direction that is away <laughs> from this guy. 
Oh. And as you move away, the dwarf gets an attack of opportunity. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going about as badly as possible. You gotta stop failing the stuff, man. <laughs> that's gonna be 17 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Go ahead. And that's gonna be 11, 11 damage Ouch. on you from the great axe as, as he hits you. Um, up next is Cobble. Cobble, what do you want to do? I'm just gonna help Hannah finish this wolf, I guess. Since I kind of ran away from him into the wolf. I will go ahead and strike that wolf three times. Alright, the, uh, the 14 and 17 hit. Go ahead and... Uh, uh, roll for damage twice. 15 points of damage as you punch the wolf in the back of the head with your fists, uh, uh, one after the other. That should be my turn. So it's my bonus and my movement. Alright, uh, that's going to be it for Kabul. Up next is uh, MK12 turning on the wolf again and striking out with his warhammer. That's going to be 10 points of damage. As he hits the wolf in the head with his warhammer, it sort of gives a little yelp, but uh, remains engaged with him. Alright, up next will be Hannah. What do you want to do? Is this wolf still alive? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay, even after that 15 damage? Alright. Yes. Um, Alright, I'm going to attack it then. Um, I'm going to use another Bardic Inspiration. And I'm going to... Let's see. Okay, so I'm going to do my Slashing Flourish. So uh, my weapon will deal extra damage to the target you hit, and to any other creature of your choice that you see within five feet of you. So make an attack roll. That's gonna so that's going to hit it. And I'm going to do my Bardic Inspiration die first. That guy got hit with 14, and then this guy will get hit with 6. Alright, with a uh, fantastical little flourish, uh, Hannah dual-wielding her swords, uh, does uh, a, a graceful little spin and strikes both of the, the wolves simultaneously, doing considerable da considerable damage to them both, but they seem to be very uh, formidable, very hardy animals. And um, you're not sure if that's the nature uh, of the animal itself or... Okay, that second attack hits, go to roll for damage. An additional three slashing damage from your scimitar. Alright, that's going to be Hannah's turn up next is Corden. Corden, what do you want to do? Alright, I'm going to channel a Vow of Action which gives me advantage on attack rolls against him for a minute. until it drops the conscious. You're doing your Vow of Enmity? Yeah, yeah, we're getting our ass kicked, so we'll bring out the big guns. Okay, and uh, specifically that will, um, is that the one where he, he, he's forced to attack you only? No, that would be compelled to one. As a bonus action, I choose a creature within 10 feet, yes. and I gain advantage on attack rolls against it. Okay, well so then go ahead and uh, make so. the attack. Make the attack. So, That's going to nope. hit. Go ahead and roll for damage. Uh, I'm going to make this a Divine Smite as well. Nice. Wow. Well, 16 points of damage, not bad. Uh, as you Divine Smite him with your Warhammer, the holy energy of of uh, Torm strikes down on this dwarf, uh, doing considerable damage to him. All right, Corden's done. Uh, the in response, the wait, 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 I get one more attack. That's right. Just forgot. Attack. Go ahead and uh, make your attack roll. Forgetting to hit the advantage roll, but and that's gonna hit. Go to roll for damage. It don't matter. 
All right, your second attack strikes him square in the chest, and he gives a grunt, staggering backwards slightly, uh, but still ready to fight. Um, uh, the, the dwarf will now respond uh, with his great axe, uh, attempting to strike you again. The, the two dwarves just slugging it out in the middle of all of this. That's going to be 18 to hit, which... That does not hit. Yeah, your shield. The, 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 the great axe uh, doesn't find purchase. Um, and then the, the wolves turn up next. Uh, the wolf biting out at MK12 now. That's going to be a miss. And the second wolf here biting towards Hannah now. That will be 19 to hit. That'll hit. And that'll be 12 points of damage against you as the wolf bites into your leg. Uh, trying to, to tear a piece of you off. Okay, up next is the Eye of Groom. The spiritual weapon will go ahead and attack over at Corden. That's going to be 17, missing your shield now. Uh, getting used to your new shield to be able to block effectively again. Um, and then, let's see here. The Cobble, you're up next. What do you want to do? Finish off these wolves. we got to finish off something. i got to continue to hit these guys until something goes down because we're getting staggered pretty hard so I'm just gonna hit the wolf three times my arm wow pretty good all three hit go and roll for damage for all of us triple seven winner 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 uh 21 hit all right this wolf as you strike it three times in the side like a like a kidney punch yeah yeah punching it three times in the kidney yeah this wolf uh, uh, you do, uh, tw it's looking pretty hurt now. Good boy. Yeah. Alright, that's gonna do it for Kabul. Alright, up next is MK12. For MK12 to attack this wolf again. Some healthy ass monster. 21, yeah. like nothing. A dire wolf or something. Yeah, yeah, and he, he rolls a critical, actually. Oh. Maybe there's something else going on. Why then? He rolls uh, 16 points of damage with uh, with his warhammer. All right. Uh, uh, both these wolves are, are looking pretty hurt now. The dwarf looking hurt, uh, and the eye of Grim from the back uh, unharmed, uh, with a dead horse on the side. Thanks for listening to Sixes Out Entertainment's Descent into Avernus. Be sure to click like and subscribe, and check back every Sunday for more episodes where our heroes grow ever closer to crossing into the Nine Hells. If you wish to see more content like this, show your support and join the Sixes Out community on Patreon. Link in the description. There, you'll gain access to dungeon delving and dragon slaying pre-generated characters, subclass variants, the Sixes Out Discord server, and the first chapter of the High Moon Wanderers, an adventure module designed for a group of rangers and druids, and much, much more to come. Be sure to follow Sixes Out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for updates on future content at Sixes Out Crits. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. We'll see you next Sunday.